Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. This is Fabio. Guys, welcome. Yeah, he has his shirt unbuttoned like Fabio. I was hot. No 20-something listening to this show would understand who Fabio is. No. I was talking to a 17-year-old today. Mm-hmm. And, and Fabio came up in the conversation? We talked about Fabio. No, we talked about This Is Us. And I said, yeah, Mandy Moore is the mom. And he said, who? And I said, oh, my you, we, you little. I said, give me a female pop star right now. And he said, Selena Gomez. I said, so if Selena Gomez did a television show in 2030, you'd be as frustrated <laughs> right now as I am talking to a kid. <laughs> Mandy Moore, come on. I don't know if I can name a song, but still. Still. This is Paradox, and I am Josh. And I'm Jimmy. And you should be getting this the week after Thanksgiving. The Monday or Tuesday. This should be dropping. I almost made a poof reference. Like it's a hot. poop reference. Has it's... your mind been on poop? Oh, yes, it has. Really? How so? Well, my mind has been on my favorite tiny grandson, <laughs> Sammy. He's not the tiniest. Oh, you no, have he's another not. tinier he's a... grandson. Oh, that's true. He's the medium he's tiny He's six one. of seven, right? Yes. And yeah, he gave me the uh the uh Ebola. Yeah. And so this is going to come on to you guys the week after Thanksgiving and we're going to be talking gluttony, which is very appropriate for the week after Thanksgiving. Yep. So if you overeat this past week, then start to feel real bad about yes. yourself cuz Jimbo and I weight watchered through all of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had a protein shake. Yep. I would have had some romaine lettuce, but there is no romaine. No, nah, we can't eat that stuff. Everyone is on a romaine holiday. E. coli. Romaine holiday. That's <laughs> what Twitter's for, man. You pick up those one-liners like uh-huh. that. So we we wanted to be truthful, and we wanted to be able to condemn our audience without condemning ourselves. Exactly. And that's why we went on Weight Watchers during Thanksgiving. And so everyone, you know, we think about gluttony. When Thanksgiving is over with, because there's a lot of, you know, glutton to go around. And this gluttony that we're going to talk about today, and we're sorry for the background noise. We've changed um, recording venues. Yes. And it's biting us in the whoopsie right Yes. <laughs> so right now, yeah, we've got a vacuum cleaner going on, and there's not really anything that we can do about it. Unless. High atop the Paradox office tower yep. in downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a, a vacuum cleaner. If going someone on. wanted to donate. A million dollars. This would not happen. Yeah. Listen to that, friends. Mm -hmm. If you're annoyed by that sound, it doesn't have to be that way. So we're talking about the gluttony of Black Friday, not of Thanksgiving Day. I know that we have kicked this around enough that we go, oh my gosh, just how ironic is it that the day after we sit around and we just thank God for everything that we have, the very next day we're punching people in the face trying to get the cheapest new gadget that we can get our hands on. And the irony of that, and the and the, it's the exact same, it's just the gluttony, but it's a gluttony for things more than it is a gluttony for food. So that's kind of the problem that we're setting up today. I'm reminded of, and I tell people this all the time, and especially our classes at Life Austin and, and other places we go around and speak, that Oscar Wilde 
was pretty famous for saying self-denial. He was on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Mm-hmm. Oscar Wilde said... Seriously, who was that? Who? When Gene you don't Wild- know what you're talking about... Gene Wilder. You just interrupt Gene, constantly. Gene Wilder, right? He yeah, was the he was Willy Wonka. Okay, there we go. Oscar Wilde, who is much more famous <laughs> for writing things I've never heard of back in the 1800s or whatever, he said that self-denial is the shining sore on the leprous body of Christianity. So even in the 1800s, when Oscar was running around, he saw that there did not seem to be a difference between believers and all the money they had and the things that they had and people who were not believers and the things that they had and the money that they had. And he said self-denial was the shining sore on what he thought there was a whole lot of other sores, but this was the shining sore on the leprous body of Christianity. And it's hard to argue with Oscar when you look at the very first thing, the very first time Jesus was ever asked, what does it mean to follow you in Luke 9? He says, the very first thing he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny. Buy a lot of things. Yes. Right after you buy a lot of things. Then deny. Deny yourself. After you're trying to squeeze through the eye of the needle, then deny yourself. It was the very, and again, I I don't know, I can't overemphasize that one little thing, that the very first of all the things Jesus could have said, that this is what it means, that was the question, what does it mean to follow me? Well, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him, and the distinguishing characteristic was self-denial. And I think that Billy Wilder said it best. It's Oscar. Gene Wilder said it best when he talked about how we're focused on materialism because that's obviously the easiest example. Mm-hmm. But self-denial is so much more, more than, than that, that. Right? It's screen time. It is food. And it is stuff. And it is laziness. And it is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So the self-denial, while Black Friday and materialism is the easiest example, especially this time of year, it's so much more than that. And it's especially this time of year. And I know this has been this way, but there's just something about the season of giving and that God gave his son to die on a cross for us. And it's all about, and that's why we have Christmas gifts. It's because it's about the kids. We give, and it's supposed to be about giving. And yet, the way we have obsessed about things, even to the point now, that it's it's official now. It's officially called Black Friday. That people swarm. They get into fights just so they can get a flat screen for a few hundred dollars cheaper than they could before. I, it, 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 I don't know that there's anything that is more distasteful about America. And it, it could be happening in other places. But but Black Friday and what Black Friday means and what it represents. We talked a few weeks ago when we kind of outlined the book by Madeline Levine. Price of Privilege. The Price of Privilege. About how median to upper middle class and, and, and upwards from that, those teenagers are now considered an at-risk population for depression, anxiety, drug use, premature sexual activity, all, suicide. All of those kids who have materialistically speaking, everything. They have the latest iPhone 10. They have the latest earbuds with no wires on them. They can't wait to show off the new phone to their son as soon as they walk in the door. Things like that. 
they have it all. And yet they are at risk for depression and suicide and drug use. So having these things, what we think in our head is having these things is supposed to be good. That should be a good thing. But we're finding that it's not a good thing. And yet, and we know this, not only is now science backing that up, because science has, I mean, science, (laughs) research has shown that if you have a lot of money or you don't have a lot of money, the difference in the happiness of those people is minuscule. It's minuscule. Rich people aren't happier. And research has shown the more emphasis that a person places on, the more value they place upon things, material possessions, then the lower their life satisfaction, their happiness ratio is. So not only does the Bible tell us in Ecclesiastes, the one who loves money never has enough, and it's meaningless. And in in Timothy, where Paul says, you know, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, but the love of money. So not only is science telling us this, Scripture's told us this for about 3,000 years. Well, and again, and I'm not necessarily pushing back, just hopefully providing clarity. We started talking materialism in Black Friday, but all Scripture, and to your point, all the research is pointing towards it's more than the things. It's not an Xbox Mm -hmm. that doesn't make you happy. Correct. It's the heart behind the Xbox. Correct. It's the love of money. It's the love of what money can buy you. And so there's a heart issue here. So whether you are, you know, a billionaire, you could have contentment, but you could also be a billionaire that is suicidal. Yeah. Just like you could be on food stamps and be content. Very content. And food stamps and be suicidal. I mean, it's... It, it so our, I, I, that, that, I, sorry, and it's it's the heart behind that we have to train our kids to be. Not just to hate all everything and don't shop on Black Friday. And I think Ecclesiastes and Paul in, in 1 Timothy 6 go absolutely nail it. It's not money. I mean, Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, was loaded. In fact, that was the whole point behind him writing this book. At the end of my days, here's what I've learned. And he said, if you love the person who loves money, never has enough. It's, it's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. So if we think providing our children these things is going to bring them happiness, we are completely wrong. We've been wrong for 3,000 years, and now secular research is confirming the exact same thing. These things don't do it for us. So, the solution. So the solution is we have to fix the heart behind the issue. Again, you can be middle to upper middle class to lower class. Doesn't matter. High class. But it's the heart behind the issue. And that's what we have to work on within ourselves as well as model and communicate to our children. And just like Thanksgiving... Just like when we're talking about gluttony in terms of food, it's about portion control. And when we're talking about money, it's about portion control. It's not about whether you have a lot of money or a little money. Paul said, you know, it's, it, it, I've learned to be content whether I have a lot or whether I have nothing at all, whether I'm well fed or whether I'm hungry. I've learned to be content. At the bottom of this is contentment. Now, how do we, how do we, because nothing changes unless something changes. So, you know, what can we do? I think it's creating rules and standards around self-denial. You know, I I think that potentially in our culture, when you look back at the Jewish people, and obviously Jewish people 2,000 years ago also, Jesus railed against because of their rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, those things were created 
not because they were created, but they weren't inherently bad. It was the heart behind the rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. But if your heart is okay, if your if your objective is to serve your creator, if your objective is to teach good children or uh, good skills or thought processes to your children, then I think having we've talked about media fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is just a a rule or a standard that you could institute within your family, and that would just be practicing self denial. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think it's bad to have these standards or these rules around self-denial simply because the heart behind it would be a good thing. Yes, and I mean, we've quoted Ecclesiastes, the world's wisest man. We've quoted Paul, and of course, from Jurassic Park. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And just because you have the money for something doesn't mean you should purchase it. Some very practical things going into Christmas this year. Make for our children, making sure that service is a part of Christmas, that our Christmas cannot be, it cannot be just getting. It can't be. It can't be just about getting. Uh, our, our children need to see that it's about giving and it's not, oh, we're just giving grandma some more talcum powder. It's not that. It's about giving to those who, unless grandma's indigent and maybe she does need talcum powder, but making sure service is a part of our Christmas. There have been one of the things in Fearless Parenting, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that, but the book Fearless Parenting, you know, we talk about, okay, here's how much money we normally spend on Christmas. We normally sort of would cut that baby in half. And all the kids are involved in this. They know this. They know they're getting half of what they would normally get. And we take that money and we provide Christmas probably that money would provide Christmas for multiple families. But we do it as a family. Thanksgiving can be the same thing, by the way, going to a soup kitchen or the Salvation Army or taking a dinner to an an indigent family that your church would have a list uh, of of those things. So making sure that service is a part of Christmas. And potentially, I mean, it's literally like throw a dart and you'll hit an example. But let's say your kid's up for a latest iPhone. Just say no and we'll get it next year. Again, the phone's not bad, but just because we're up for an upgrade doesn't mean we necessarily need it. And practicing self-denial and telling them no, telling yourself no, all an okay thing. Which falls into the number two, which was demonstrating everyday self-denial. And this is an example of it. Just because you want a new iPhone and because you have the money for it doesn't mean that you get it. And we said this, you know, we said this repeatedly. Our children need to be told no, and they need to be told no repeatedly repeatedly. Therefore, things we don't say, something we don't say too often is you need to be told no. Yeah. And you need to be told no repeatedly. Which leads to the number three practical thing that we can do, and that is parents modeling self-denial. Let your children see you not get something. Let them see you. Hey, I have the money for this. We could do this if we wanted to, but you know what? We're choosing not to. And if they see us doing it, then they go, oh, this is how you live your life. This is what being like Christ means, is that we don't spend it on us because then that allows us, because now all of a sudden, not only are we doing our tithe, which is 10%, but we're also, because we deny ourselves some things and letting our kids know that we have more money to give to people less fortunate because we've all said no to things. So tying the two things together is important. And for us to model for us to make sure that every day our children are seeing and experiencing self-denial and certainly Thanksgiving, certainly Christmas, making sure that service is a part of that. Anything else, Jimbo? That's it. If you want more information about this episode, you can go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can find us on our socials there. We appreciate you listening. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers, Jr., 
For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. 